Awesome. Thanks, James. It's so good to be here. Um, James messaged me a couple of months ago and said, Mark, will you come and speak on Father's Day? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll call it like man stuff with Mark. And he thought I was joking. So... <laughs> Man stuff. Explosions. Big hits. Babes. Cat playing piano video. Man's facial moisturizers. Alright, so there's my there's my man stuff video that took hours. Hours of preparation time. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about man stuff this morning. I got a little distracted as I was putting video together. It's so good to be here. For those who don't know me, I'm Mark. Um, I'm a musician. I also work in video production and things. Privileged to be married to Andrea. Together we have four amazing kids. Ruby is 16. Uh, Jet, who's not here this morning, is 14. Ashlyn is 12. And Quinn is 8. And um, we've been overseas. We're overseas for 13 years. We returned one year ago, and um, oh, it's been incredible, but incredible um, being back. And in fact, coming here, it's awesome being here. Um, reminds me of so many times I remember going down the stairs on Sunday nights at the time and being blown away by what God had done. It just felt like we encountered the living God, like Jesus had walked into the room. You know those moments? And um, incredible. And we're praying for so many more. We know God has so many more in store. Um, so, happy Father's Day. I'm going to get straight into it this week. I have been thinking about Isaiah 53. This passage is sometimes called the Great Exchange. Um, Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, so that's how we broke the law. He was crushed for our iniquities, that's when we don't meet up to the, the moral standard. But here's where it gets interesting. The chastening, which also means punishment for our well-being, fell on him. And the reason why this passage is called the Great Exchange is because Jesus didn't just take away something when he died on the cross. He also gave us something. The punishment for our well-being, that it would be well with our soul, as Paul said, that we would prosper on the inside and the outside. Jesus paid for this. By his wounds we are healed. So when Jesus took the whipping, he did it so we would be well physically. There's an extraordinary exchange that takes place but that's not all. When you look through the New Testament, Jesus paid for new life. He paid that we'd have a new heart, that we'd be new creations, that we're a royal priesthood, which means both authority and access. This is part of the new life that we have. There's a peace that passes all understanding. God resides within us, and we have a thing called sonship. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about sonship. Because a lot of us know and understand, okay, God's a father. And Jesus introduced this concept when he said, when you pray, pray like this, pray father. And that was a new thing. But this morning, I want to talk about what it means to be a son. And the reason I want to do that is because I remember 
as a dad, so many times holding, firstly, my oldest, Ruby, in my arms and just blown away with who she was and praying, God, I want to be the best dad I can be. I want to be the best dad I can be for this little one and for my other kids. And dads, don't we want that? Don't we want to be the best dad that we can be? And I know that God said to me over and over, son, if you want to be the best dad that you can be, learn to be my son. Know what it means to be my son. So we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. We're going to have a little bit of fun, but I need a bit of help when we do that. So James, could you come and help me just up here for a minute? Honestly, it won't be painful. Um, We've got a son, but I need a father. And I know that he's an incredibly humble man and he won't come without an embarrassment. But Marty, can I borrow you just for a minute? Just for a minute. Um, it won't it won't be painful. Um, we're going to talk about the prodigal son this morning. There's no dancing required. Nick may have a special like feature moment at the end. At the end. At the end. You come in later. Oh, is he the is he the prodigal in the family? All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the story of the prodigal son. We have a father. We have a son. The son says, "Dad, I'm done with this place. I want to take my money. I want to take my early inheritance. Wish you would like not not for real. Wish you were dead. Want to go now? Hold on. Ah, I got some. Actually, bought some chips. So. James, this is for you. So this is New Zealand. You have to go party. So because it's New Zealand, where's the party? Where the heater is. So you go over where the heater is over there, just over there, and you can stay standing. We need to see you. You party up big time, have some chips. Okay, so so not too much distraction or too loud crunchy. We we actually didn't have chicken chips when we were in America, and my kids they are think they are amazing. Don't take the chicken chips for granted. All right. And then we got the father here. Don't, did you ever wonder? So I'm not going to go into details about the story because most of us know it, right? You ever wonder, what is up with this dad that the son comes up and says, wish you were dead. Can I have my inheritance? And he goes, all right. That's not normal, right? But the father in the story is not a normal father. The father in the story gives beyond belief. This father in the story is a good, good father because the father in the story represents God. Now I want to take just a little aside here and talk about this father. Can I talk about this father? All right, Marty, this is for you. Marty, you've been a spiritual dad for so long, right? One of my strongest memories from us being at Vineyard, because this was our home church for a long time, was one time when um, we'd gone through um, our second miscarriage. And we were grieving. We were like, we wanted to have kids. It wasn't happening. And we were just experiencing loss. And I remember we left, we came to church and it was hard and we left early. And we tried to sneak out. And Marty, you stopped us. And you probably don't remember it, but you stopped us and said, hold on, Mark and Andrea. The Lord is going to restore what's been robbed away. That's prophetic. That's speaking life. And now we have, we had two miscarriages and now we have four. That's speaking life. And Marty, you are a spiritual dad. And your responsibilities have changed, right? Mm -hmm. But here's my word for you today. God is not done. God is not done. So because you're a spiritual dad, you are still a spiritual dad. And he still wants you to speak his words of life to these families just like you've done and blessed our family. Because the responsibility's gone, you're not doing the, hey, I need to straighten the chairs every week at the start. Like, 
I don't know. Does he, does he still do that? I remember he would turn up and I think, oh, the chair's looking pretty straight today. No, no. You don't have to do that anymore. You can if you want to. James, do you? you can if you want to. You don't have to do that. But now's not the time to stop. Now's the time to dance. Now's the time to go, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to say it? And speak his awesome words. God is not done with you. That's you. Okay, this guy over here. Um, okay, I just have to get this out of the way as well. Okay, here's my word for you, James. I love this guy. And I've known, you know, since, and it's pretty cool. This is my God word for you today. This is Jesus' church. It's his church, and he's going to build it. Amen? Okay, and this is your job. When he gives you the bread to bring, bring the bread. Your superpower only needs to be listen to what he says and do it. I get so inspired when I think um, the story of, of Jesus at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus went to a place where there were many, many, many people who were sick, many, many people who were hoping to get to this pool, broken people, and Jesus healed one man. Because his mission in life wasn't to heal everyone, his mission was to do what the Father showed him to do. So your superpower, James, and this is freeing and this releasing, is not to do what everyone says to do. Your, super, your, your mission in life is not to be the busiest or to make the church work. All you need to do in leadership is to listen to what he says and do it. And don't ever think, when he gives you the bread... Don't ever think, who am I to bring this? I can't bring this. No, 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 no. All you've got to do is just bring the bread. Bring the bread, James. Just bring the bread. That's all you have to do. And that's leadership because Jesus is going to build the church. That's his job. We just need to do our bit. And that's freeing. And that's incredible. Um, and the same principle works. And I think you're awesome. When I think about, about you, I think God has this incredible smile on his face. And that is it. So happy. Um, the same principle works commercially, right? So in your, in your workplace, remember we serve the God who says, your battles are my battles. And let's not pretend that, we, that the one who resides within us isn't the one who created the universe, the smartest one of all time. Do we have a problem at work, a situation? Then let's bring it to him. That's part of it. Okay, so back to the story. So we've got a father and a son. The son's way out. He's like... Partying it up, eating the chips. The father is like looking for him, right? Where's my son? Where's my son? The son runs out of chips. Just, just, yep, thanks very much. The son runs out of chips and goes, oh, oh, that was just a fully carbohydrate meal. I'm suddenly very hungry again. I'm trying to feed the pigs, but even the pig food, food looks good. So he heads on back to the father. What does the father do? He wait, 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 the slow motion moment coming. He sees the son and he's like, my son, my son. And he's running, running, running. So they're running. There's this big embrace. Hold on, pause. This guy's not sorry. This guy's hungry. That's all right. Let's just get that right. Just... Chicken chips, kids. Chicken chips won't fill you up. <laughs> All right, so they're running, they're running, they're running. They embrace. He tries to get the speech out, but this dad doesn't care. Okay, this is, a, this, is, this is a real God moment, right? This is what God does to us. But doesn't he know what the son did? Of course he knows what the son did. He's God. Doesn't matter. He's a son. Okay, three really quick things happen. So number one, puts a ring on his finger. Okay, this is like a, a signet ring. Signet ring means this dude, talking, stop. 
This dude is, is part of my family. When he says something, it's as if I say something, right? There's authority here. Jandals on the feet. Well, sandals. <laughs> Such a New Zealander, jandals. All right. So in that day, poor people, bare feet. The son, bare feet. And the dad's going, no, no, no. Jandals represent a place of honor. And he puts a robe on him. Robe, we know a lot of things in the New Testament. They're connected, right? What's the significant robe in the New Covenant? A robe of righteousness. So in other words, it's not about what you've done. It's who you are. And then they have a party. All right. Thank you very much. You guys go sit down. <coughs> Love the party. So good. So good. Our acceptance isn't based on what we've done. It's not based on how good or bad we are. It's about how good our Father is. Jesus has done something extraordinary. When they brought the offering in the Old Covenant, right, they brought the, the, the lamb once a year. Everyone would go to the temple. The lamb is the offering where they take it to the priest who cuts the throat. It was kind of gross. There was a lot of blood involved. But the priest would do what? He would inspect the lamb. They would never look at the person giving the offering. The inspection was the lamb. And who is our lamb? The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And his offering is perfect. It's not about us. It's about him. Okay, so the other son comes, and there's Nick over here. Just stay there, Nick. He's like, never, never threw a party for me, bro. And the dad says a big line. And this is really important because this isn't just for the, that son. This is for us. He said, son, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. But what happened? This son lived with the father, but he acted like a servant. Every day he was out in the fields, he was working the fields, doing his thing. Every day he could have had any calf, he could have thrown any party, but he thought he had to relate to this dad by worky, 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 worky. Have I earned it yet? And here's what I want to say this morning. We are not servants in this kingdom. Because of Jesus, we're sons and daughters of the living God. Now, we're going to look at this a little bit more in a sec, but some people will be like, yeah, yeah, but you've got to serve. Because Jesus said, you know, he came and washed the feet. That's a part of serving. When Jesus washed the feet, he served as the king of kings who humbled himself and out of love served. And there's a world of difference between that and someone who is our servant who feels like they're just working. Can you see the difference? And it's so important that we begin to know in this kingdom we're sons and daughters of the living God. So I want to talk this morning and I want to go over some of the differences. Because some people are like, potato, potato, tomato, potato. <laughs> What's the difference? I'm a son, I'm a servant, I'm both, yada, yada. I want to tell you some big differences in this is why it matters. Number one, there's four. Number one, as a son and a daughter of the living God, you are loved. 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what you, we are. A servant works. A servant serves. That's the extent of his relationship. If they don't work, they get fired. But remember the Father. 
the father, he ran, he ran, he ran to the son who had messed up big time. You are unconditionally loved, unconditionally received by a loving God. Not because of what you've done, because of who you are. And you are a child of God. He is your dad. Unconditionally loved and unconditionally received. Now remember this. Anytime you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to sing these worship songs. Maybe, maybe James is, but I'm not. Or look at Anna, the way she worships. She's, I'm not. No, 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 no. Our sacrifice, our offering is Jesus and he's perfect. Okay, number one, you are loved. Number two, have peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding guards our hearts and our minds. And this is a big one. Remember Jesus said to his disciples before he left, so this is post-cross, because this has got to be, this thing can't happen before the cross. Jesus said to his disciples, my peace, my peace, the peace of God. This is Jesus who had so much peace. He spoke to a storm and the storm went, that's the peace of God. He said, my peace, I'm leaving it with you. A servant's relationship to the master is governed essentially by fear. Have I done enough? Will I get punishment or will I get a reward? I don't know. I don't know. How can we ever know? But that's not a son. And do you ever feel like that with God? Like, have I done enough? Have I saved enough people or have I talked to enough people or, or, or maybe I've sworn too much this week? I don't know. But that's not who you are. You are a son. And remember, the father ran and embraced, unconditionally loved, unconditionally received. I like to think about a, a toddler first learning to walk. And I think about my kids. You know, when toddlers first learn to walk, they kind of, you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the toddler does that thing where they're sort of almost walking and falling over. And there's no part about that toddler that's going, will he catch me? Will he not catch me? Have I been good enough this week? Have I, have I done my chores? Have I read the Bible? Have I witnessed enough? There's no part. They're just like, here I come, here I come, here I come. There's no part of them that thinks, I've got a poopy nappy as well, but I'm coming anyway. I'm coming anyway. Here I come. And as a parent, there's no part of you that goes, I don't know. You've sworn too much this week. I don't know. You haven't read the Bible enough this week because that is not family. That's not family. Jesus paid for that. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't good and there's not benefit in those things. There's so much benefit. But first of all, there's peace and there's security. You can only know that God's got it. You can lie down at bed at night and not worry about the worries of tomorrow when you know that he's got it. Because my kids don't lie down at bed at night and go, well, we have food tomorrow. Will we be okay tomorrow? Because they know we've got it. And it's the same for us. When you know you're a son and a daughter of God, he's got it. He's got it. Okay, number three. There's four. Number three, have communion and access. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Then a few verses later, through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit. A servant can't just bowl into the king's quarters. But a child 
comes any time. Doesn't matter if you're working. Doesn't matter if you're busy gardening. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting on the toilet. They still come in. And they still think that it's okay to have a conversation about whose turn it is on the Xbox when you're sitting on the can and you're like, no, we've had this conversation before. We don't talk about Xbox when daddy's on the toilet. You can just, you can just wait a few more minutes. Let me finish doing Facebook and sitting on the toilet. There are some things you don't interrupt. We have constant communion. There's no cutting off. Constant access to the courts of the King of Kings. You who are far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Been brought near. Whether you feel it or not. Because some days you feel it. You're like, oh, I know I'm close to God today. And some days you're like, not feeling a thing. You have been brought near. I love that. Okay, and the last one. And this will be, I'll probably tweak some buttons, but I don't care, it's the truth. Here we go. We are heirs. If you who are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in him. They are yes in him. No matter how many promises, they are, yes. Jesus paid the curse, but the promise is ours. Wow. Let's keep going. He who did not even spare his own son, but delivered him over to us all, how will he, God, not also give us freely all things? All things means all things now this is hard to take and this message has been distorted and it's a little bit like yeah what are you saying here this is what I'm saying as a dad I want the best for my kids I don't want them to suffer I don't want them to be in lack I want them to be blessed and overflowing with goodness can you imagine then what God wants for us his kids and in this kingdom we're his kids a man called Andrew Stone once said, you're a child of God in a kingdom that knows no end with an inheritance that knows no bound. And I'm not just reading this Bible verse as a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a whole lot more than that. Part of our inheritance, part of being in this kingdom is authority. We have this ring on our finger. Romans 5.17 is one of my favorite Bible verses. Though who receive the abundance of grace, that's understanding the undeserved favor of God, and the gift of righteousness, that we're wearing this robe, that we have been made right with God. Nothing stands between what will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. I remember praying this a couple of years ago and going, God, I'm not reigning in life. Actually, things are quite hard at the moment. But as we grow and understand and receive it, that this is a promise for us saying, you will reign, there's authority in that, in life. What does that mean? It means you can, like James this morning, speak out blessings, and they happen. You can speak out blessings over your kids. You can pray prophetically over your kids. Like Marty prayed over our family, he spoke life into our family, our family and those words have power. You can do that because there is an inheritance, and we understand it's not about, well, I've done enough spiritual things this week. 
It's because we're kids. We're in. It's happened. You can pray for your neighbors. You can bless your community, your suburb, your city. Why? Because this is who you are. The words you speak have power. You can't earn inheritance by your performance. But you can't lose it by your performance. You are an heir. You're a son and a daughter of the king, not a servant. You don't have to qualify for the goodness of God, the love of God, the peace of God, a closeness without interruption. You're an heir. Why? Because Jesus has qualified you. How great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Um, I'm going to pray in a minute. I'm going to um, play a song in just a minute. And I want us, I want us to do this. So these are all the verses today. Um, most of them that I mentioned. And while we play, I want you to just, just think and reflect. If there's anything this morning that's been tweaked and you're like, this is what I need to know, then read the verse or look it up on your phone and just meditate on it. Just stay with it for a while and ask God what he wants to show you about it. God, what do you want to show me? What, what have you got for me? Is there something I need to know? And, and if there is, then take it home and sit on it. Chew over it until you've got it. Find other verses that are similar. Because these are just smatterings. If you want to find out about new creation, oh, man, you could do a whole series on every single one of us. Because those, because this is, this is who we are. Then read some more verses on new creation. If you want to know, God, I feel like I'm still my dirty old self, not my new creation, then sit on that truth. And as your mind is renewed, you're transformed, Right? Allow yourself to be transformed by the truth, especially the word, because this is the word that gets, gets right down deep and changes who we are. So use the word. Chew it over. One more thing as well. So we're going we're gonna to play a song in just a sec. Just look at the word, meditate over it. But if anyone this morning is like, you know what, I want someone to stand with me and pray. Or stand with my family and pray. And I, I haven't asked the worship advice to do anything because I want them to feel free to be with their families. Then feel free to come up and um, Marty and James, could you guys speak family blessings? And the blessings of being a son. God is a father, but you are a son and daughter of God. And the more you know that, honestly, the better a mum or a dad you'll ever be. Because the worries, they're all his. The provision, it's coming down. So if anyone wants to come and pray, either by yourself or bring your family, then I'll ask Marty and James just to come and speak a blessing over you while we do this song. So, Stu, can we play that song? Thanks very much.